Welcome into a News for Jags podcast. I'm Jamal St. Cyr alongside Justin Barney. Justin, this is a dark day. Man, it's a dark, uh, dark last 10 days or so in, in Jacksonville. So um, we didn't chat with you last week, but the overtime loss to the Bengals on Monday night, first Monday night game since 2011. You follow that up with old man Joe Flacco killing you. On Sunday, so we were talking about number one seed in the playoffs. That was kind of where we left off after that Houston victory. And then, man, have not been able to build off of that at all. Very flat. I kind of feel like uh, you said playoffs. I'm like like the old Jim Morico. Playoffs? <laughs> you want to talk about playoffs? Not, uh, not now, <laughs> They couldn't man. do diddly-poo offensively, if anybody's watched that Jim Moore clip. There you go. Um, yeah, look, it. It's been a rough. It was a rough week for the yep. Jaguars. They lost on Monday night. They lost on Sunday. Now they got to figure out how to how to get it back together and and what can be salvaged. There there are a couple of problems with this team right now. But let's start on just, the offense. Just a couple. Yeah, just a couple. Just, just a couple. Just a couple. Uh, look, my my tagline is you got to listen when people tell you who they are. And after the t- Texans game when they won, I said they keep making these same mistakes. Right now, they're just they're making enough plays where they're able to move past those mistakes. This team's been telling us who they are all year, right? And now the mistakes are coming back to bite them because the injuries have have kind of diluted the talent pool a little bit. So, look, I I don't think this team is beyond fixing it, but they got to get healthy. And at some point, you have to stop making the mistakes. Yeah. And and they got to look right. in the mirror and ask: Is this a maturity issue? Is it a wrong player issue? Or is it just is it a coaching issue? They got to figure out where the issue is. I think it's just a kind of hodgepodge of things. You've got the injuries; those are stacking up. Coaches, players hate using that excuse, but I mean, look, there's no doubt about it that the injuries are bad. When you're starting your fourth string left tackle, Blake Hans, Blake Hans, who, who shouldn't even be on the team, um, you know, on the 53 man. I mean, he's a practice squad guy in a sense, uh, and he's going against Miles Garrett. I think back during training camp, we were talking about Blake Hans, and I think at some point we said. Uh, if Blake Hans is, is blocking for Trevor Lawrence at all this season, it's a, it's not a good situation. Well, it, you it, saw it, it on Sunday. <laughs> Blake Hans went out on the field and was blocking for Trevor Lawrence. I, if And don't quote me on these numbers, but the pressure numbers came out. And everybody else on the offensive line allowed like two or three pl- pressures. Blake Hans only played one half of football, right. allowed eight. Right. So, <laughs> hey. Um, and again, you you knew you're going to get that going against Miles Garrett. So no no shame in that for Blake Hans. He is what he is. I mean, your fourth string left tackle, essentially a practice squad guy, and um, he replaced a left guard who was playing left tackle in that game. So um, I do think the injuries there are some validity to to the point of the injuries are hurting this team. Um, I do think Trevor probably doesn't trust his offensive line, the ground game. Should he? Um, no, absolutely Would you not. Trust them? No, absolutely I not. I wouldn't trust them to watch my dog. <laughs> <laughs> the offensive line can't open holes for, for Travis Etienne. Uh, they can't keep Trevor upright. Um, so, yeah, I think there are issues from, from the injury standpoint that are certainly legitimate. Um, the injuries on the defensive side of the ball pronounced as well. To me, it's, it's telling when Joe Flacco, you call him up on the Saturday from the practice squad before the game, He's a statue back there. He's 38 years old. He's played. He's had one win as a starter since since like the end of the 2019 season, and you can't sack. He's sacked one time on Saturday, one time on Sunday. So that should have been a game where it was ripe for the pass rush to knock him around, bring him down. He sacked one time, and that was the Antonio Johnson hit that um, led to a fumble. So to me. Injuries have been have been a big issue for this team. I think that's it. I don't think 
Trevor is, again, we've covered this topic all that time. I think he's a good quarterback. I don't think he's a good enough quarterback now to atone and kind of get past his surroundings. I don't think he's that that quarterback. I know we use generational, but I just don't think he's that quarterback to elevate everybody else around him unless everything is right, and certainly with the injuries. So I think the injuries, to me, are the big reason why they're underperforming right now. All right, so let's try and work through – um, some of the problems one by one. Let's start off with a guy who um, he was a darling going into the year. He was the savior at the wide receiver position, and now uh, a, a, there is a large part of the fan base that is done with him and, and has already decided that they do not want him back next season. Uh, Calvin Ridley. Uh, Ridley has had an up-and-down year, to say uh-huh. the least, and Sunday was the latest in a handful of disappointing games. Right. Um, I'm not sure what to make of Calvin Ridley. Yeah, I think he, he's that enigma where it's he's either, you know, you, you got him going into the season. He was kind of like, what, you know, what version of Calvin are we going to get? Uh, he hadn't played in basically two years, and he's flashed yet. He's had probably three exceptionally good games. And other games, he's been invisible. He's dropped passes. Um, and, again, I think you, you expected – a elite number one A kind of receiver, and Calvin has not been that. He's been good to me. He, it's it's almost the microcosm of Trevor Lawrence, a good player at his position. Is he elite? Calvin Ridley is not elite right now. He's a good receiver. Uh, is Trevor Lawrence elite? No, he's a good quarterback. So I do think that they very very similar. They're very aligned, Trevor and Calvin. I think those guys are very good at their position, but I don't think they are elite. They haven't taken that next step. Um, I think the offense was getting there. And then, again, you've got injury after injury after injury. I mean, Christian Kirk out for the season. Offensive line is what it is. So, and yeah, you look online, you see the Calvin Ridley hate and people ready to run him out of town. I think that's overblown, prisoner of the moment kind of talk. Yeah, look, uh, Calvin's a different kind of guy from a lot of uh, the receivers that the Jaguars have. He does things exceptionally well out right. on the football field. But there are also some things that he maybe leaves to be desired out there. Like, look, I know he's getting a lot of uh, a grief because on third and one, the Jaguars decide to take that deep ball with the blitz coming. He stacked the corner. He set up for a back shoulder throw. Trevor was under pressure. He let it, he let it fly. That That's a, a miscommunication. A lot of the problems that they're having aren't because Calvin's not operating uh, as a receiver who can get open. It just doesn't seem like him and Trevor are on the same page with some of that stuff for one reason or another. That third and one play to me is a microchasm of 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 what's gone wrong. Tre- Calvin's setting up for a back shoulder throw, and Trevor's putting it out front of him. Mm-hmm. Calvin felt like he had the DB set up, which he did, to get that pass. And Trevor didn't, didn't see it the same way. He was under pressure, had to get the ball out. One way or another, the play did not go as planned. Right. That interception early in the game. Trevor wanted Calvin to sit down. Calvin didn't see that void in the zone. He didn't sit. Trevor threw it into the void, and it turns into an right. interception. The two are – both of them are playing good football, but for whatever reason, it's like one speaking Spanish and the other one speaking French, mm-hmm. and they're just not seeing the same things out there. And the question is, how are the two communicating in those meetings – in, in the practices, on the practice field, at some point the reps start to – the reps have to matter. And, Cal, look, Calvin's game has never been that of the safety blanket. That's not, that wasn't the guy he was in Atlanta. 
Christian Kirk, on the other hand, right. is exceptional at finding the voids in those zones. He understands. He is very quarterback friendly. Mm-hmm. Zay Jones is another guy whose game is very quarterback friendly. He's going to find those voids. He, he understands where to sit, how to make those plays, how to make himself available. While Calvin, on the other hand, he's going to go out there and run a route, and he's thinking DB, and quarterback's going to put the ball somewhere. I think they're just different. Maybe he's not an elite number one that, that he could be because of some of those deficiencies, but he's a good player. Yeah, exactly. Maybe he's, he's still just not what the Jaguars need right now. So, and I think people were expecting Calvin Ridley to be, I'm not going to say Randy Moss, but hey, Justin Jefferson kind of guy. I mean, it, they, he needed, they, people were looking at Calvin like that, that missing piece that makes this offense go to the level of like a Chiefs offense. You're not there. You're not there yet. Jacksonville is not going to be that Chiefs offense. And again, I think you have a good quarterback in Trevor Lawrence. Is he elite yet? No. I think you've got a very good receiver in Calvin Ridley. Is he elite? No. Um, and again, when you factor in all those injuries to that offense, to an already to an offensive line that by every metric entering the season was a below average unit. And you add in you're down to your fourth string left tackle. Brandon Sheriff is not as good as ha- he has been in the past. Luke Fortner is just okay at center. You're breaking in a rookie right tackle. Uh, you've got all these things going against you on the offensive line. You start putting things together on the offensive line where two consistent performances back. Then Cam Robinson gets injured. Then you've got a Christian Kirk injury. He's out for probably the season. So you've got all these little dynamics where Jacksonville needed everything to line up. Everything had to be perfect for this team to be better than it was last year. And it just hasn't. It has not gone that well. Um, and then the last two games, you've seen the defense take step backs, um, big steps back, um, again, through injuries and attrition and stuff. So um, I think everything needed to line up for Jacksonville perfectly to take that next step, and it just has not. Look, I, 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 I kind of think back to some of the stuff we said about Calvin Ridley in the training camp sometimes. And I'm like, maybe we overhyped him. And then you hear some of his teammates say, I still haven't seen a guy cover him running an out route or something like that. And I'm like, no, it's there. Yeah, absolutely. The the talent is unquestionable. The guy's very physically gifted. For whatever reason, I said, him and Trevor just aren't aren't crossing. They're crossing wires. They're not on the same page a little bit. Maybe his role in the offense doesn't fit to some of his skill set. The talent's there. He just has to figure it out. Right. All right. So that that's one of the problems. Yeah, and I'm not now, down on I'm not as down on Calvin as some no, other people are. No, I, no, he no, no. he still has undeniable skills. You yes. look at all the pass interference calls he's had, the unbelievable catch, the catch he made in the Bengals game in overtime, um, which should have won them the game without that flag on Anton Harrison. I mean, Calvin is an undeniable talent. He's got those skills. Uh, the catches he makes are, are otherworldly sometimes. And, yeah, I mean, he drops passes like every receiver does. But I, I'm not as down on Calvin as, as some people are. No, and we'll talk about his future uh, with the Jags in another episode of the podcast down the line. I think I've said it before when we have looked ahead a little bit. I think his contract is going to be one of the more difficult to right. to get done to judge because of of some of the things that have happened in his past in the NFL. So trying to get a feel for what the team will be willing to pay and what other teams will be willing to pay will will be complicated. All right, so the defense. we got to get there, and uh, there, there's, there's stuff all over the place. <laughs> so wow. uh, injuries, I, I will say, are part of the problem. Like you, you asked the question early, and I was saving it to this point. So let's start talk about the secondary that's in shambles. 
because of injuries. Right. I, I, at least I think a, a big part of it is injuries. They played on Sunday without Tyson Campbell. Right. Without Trey Herndon. Andre Sisco left the game with a groin injury. And then Rayshon Jenkins went down twice right. pointing at his knee. And I, I think he was just gutting it out at that point. He went down. The trainers checked him out, sent him back in the game. He went down like the next right. play again and then was went back in the game again. And, like, when you see a guy go down like that multiple times, you're like, twice oh, he, in three plays? Yeah, yeah, he's hurting. He's just trying to finish because if, if he would have went out, uh, you, you're you're on your last level. I mean, they were putting Daniel Thomas out there, and I was telling him, I was like, Daniel Thomas hasn't played maybe a defensive snap for the Jaguars since I, maybe 2020. It's been a while. Right. He plays special teams and he's phenomenal at it, but you just don't. He doesn't get out there on the field during not during regular season games as a safety anyway. And so that you know, when you have your secondary banged up like that, again, Joe Flacco. 38, I know people have made, oh, it's a Super Bowl-winning quarterback, and he's not a, just a practice squad guy. The man is 38 years old. He's not been – yeah, Joe Montana's a Super Bowl quarterback. Could he come in and do that? No. People are, <laughs> people are, you know, making excuses for Jacksonville. Jacksonville's defense got shredded by Joe Flacco, who was a practice squad guy a day earlier. Has not won – he's won one game – since the end of the 2019 season as a starter. So, yeah, people can make the argument Tom Brady was a backup and Joe Montana won a Super Bowl, Joe Flacco won a Super Bowl. It's not – you're pulling the wrong thing from the past. Joe Flacco should have been a sitting duck back there for Jacksonville. Josh Allen, Trayvon Walker, he was sacked one time, one time. And against a, a secondary, which has got so many issues, Tyson Campbell gone, Andre Sisco, Trey Herndon – you need to help those guys out by putting that pressure on them, and they did not do that. They sent pressure at times, and it just was every didn't time get there. it was the wrong time. Right, did not get was there. Was the problem. So the secondary's banged up catastrophically right now, which is one of the big problems on that Jaguars defense. Uh, maybe one of the bright spots of the game was Antonio Johnson finally got out on the field, and Antonio. I mean, he made that that strip sack on the play, right. and then he had a crucial third down breakup. He's been a guy we've talked about, I mean, before or he was the a draft, Jaguar. Yeah. Uh, and now he's finally getting his chance to play. He was kind of buried on the depth chart, had seemed to work his way up, but then had the hamstring injury. So now he's back, mm-hmm. and it seems like he's going to get a little bit more playing time, at least in the right now while guys try and get healthy. Because uh, Greg Jr. started the game as the Jaguars' nickel. He did not finish the game right. as the Jaguars' nickel. So probably not a, a great uh, sign of confidence in him. Yeah, and, and he, again, a guy that had a great training camp, um, went out for a good bit of time with an injury, and I don't know. It, just everything has gone wrong for Jacksonville injury-wise in about these last three weeks. And um, I think that, that game – Yesterday and also the one before against the Bengals kind of highlighted that where you just got guys dropping right and left. I mean, not we're not even talking about the Trevor injury. I mean, everywhere else on the field, they have had issues and kind of just been a perfect storm. And again, Doug Peterson's alluded to it. Trevor Lawrence said it. You can't really talk about the injuries. Next man up, you've got to put the guys out there and have faith in them that they're going to deliver. But again, there, there's a drop off there. There's a noticeable drop off when you're having to sub out Tyson Campbell. Uh, for somebody else. Notable drop-off when you're putting Antonio Johnson in there because there's an injury. So, yeah, there's promise and potential there, but they're not the same as your number one. Everybody says next man up, but that only works when you have players that can step up. Right. 
And in certain spots, the Jaguars do. We talked about how they were thin on the offensive line in training camp. Mm -hmm. And now they're paying the piper. Right. Blake Hans is blocking for your franchise quarterback. They have, they have depth, that wide receiver. Look at it. Jamal Agnew's hurt. Parker Washington steps in. Another rookie who's making plays. Are there some lows? Yeah, he fumbled the ball again. Mm -hmm. That's not great. But he's a what? He was a fifth or sixth round pick. Right. What do you expect? You're going to have highs and lows as he figures it out. But he's, for the second week in a row, or second game in a row, made a contested catch for a touchdown. Great he's, catches. He's showing he can make plays yes. in the, at the NFL level. That, that's depth, right? I mean, you're happy when you see the guy who was the third string at his position to start the year. Now he's starting games for you, and he's making right. plays. But your, le your franchise quarterback is being, being blocked for by, by Blake Hans. a practice, practice and, squad guy. And we can talk about you know draft philosophy, off-season philosophy. I would chain do a lot of things differently there. But they were never deep on the offensive line. Another place they're not deep is the defensive line, mm -hmm. and it shows – and it shows a lot. They lost Devon, Ham or Devon Hamilton early in the year. He's back now, but he's not the guy that they had. Right. He's not fully healthy. He's not fully back. And they, they're putting him out there on the field because while, yes, he's healthy enough to play, he's not the guy that was on the field during training camp or last season. Right. So you're not getting that impact from him. And then you lose Foley Fatukasi, who also isn't playing great football. Right. He's just fine. He's a body. And then Roy Robertson-Harris, they gave him an extension. Again, not playing great football. He's playing fine. He's a body. Who you got behind that? Right. I Nobody. would challenge most, most people don't know. Because you're talking about Jeremiah Ledbetter, Super Bowl champion, but he's never been a great player in the NFL. Tough player at best. Angelo Blackson, they got him off the street. Right. And he's playing a lot of snaps for the Jaguars right now. Adam Gostis, who jumped off sides on that fourth down My punt God. that cost the Jaguars, ended up giving them the field goal that put them out of range. I mean, all of these guys have been, yeah, they've been around the league, they've hung around, but you don't, that doesn't mean you have depth. No, they're because just guys. Those are just guys. They're just guys. I mean, even when you say, like, if you want to talk about where you're the thinnest, the thinnest, if Josh or Trayvon gets hurt, who replaces them? You got Kayla Vaughn and uh, let's see who else. You see her Yeah. So who that is, is uh, it? Who was uh, not even active he, yesterday? He can't even get on the depth chart of Helly Kayla Vaughn. Yeah. All right. So they they are thin while they have depth in certain spots. Like the secondary could survive. You know, you knew you had three, maybe four safeties you mm -hmm. could you, that they felt comfortable with. Antonio Johnson being one of them as a rookie. Andrew Wingard, who gives He's, them— Dewey's been good. He, Dewey has yeah. played well. He forced a fumble against the Browns. So they they have depth at safety. They could survive a blow there. It, it thins a little bit when you start thinking that Antonio's possibly your nickel and competing right. at that spot. At corner, they felt like they had a little bit of depth. Buster Brown had d been there, done that some. Mm-hmm. But behind that, you were already kind of like, do we really want Trey Herndon out on the field? You didn't have a ton. Right. At linebacker, you felt like you could absorb an injury because you still have Chad Muma hanging around. But outside of that, on defense, they're thin. And they're getting hit in all the places where they right. were thin at. And that's just how – I guess that's just how the NFL works. It is. And that's, <laughs> you know, that's why you know, it's – when we talk about the injuries, I mean, it, it's noticeable when you list those guys out, those positions, the lack of depth – the backups for some of these guys, it's remarkable. But, you know, publicly, 
the players, the coaches, they say the same thing. Yeah, we, next man up, next I mean, man they up. Know. But there, but there's no way to discount that. They there's, know. There's no way to discount that. The, I mean, there's the, a massive. I mean, when you're talking a Trevor to CJ kind of gap, that's how it is at some of these other positions in on the team where um, you're going from a Devon Hamilton to a what Lacey. I mean, there's there's massive depth issues from there and there's a trade-off there is a big trade-off on that yes. when you're going from cam robinson to blake hance that's a massive trade-off it is huge that is massive and that's that's trevor to cj kind of gap right there so here's one of the things that, that I, I challenge people to do like a lot of times we look at stuff and oh well they don't they won't say that no they're not going to throw their teammate under the bus just like doug peterson's not going to publicly throw players under the bus but you look at what they do and it tells you what they think. So, like, Doug Peterson, I know everybody's always banging the table. Why don't they run the quarterback sneak? What he's telling you is his guards and center aren't very good. <laughs> that is exactly what he's telling you. He's telling you, I don't trust Brandon Sheriff, Luke Fortner, and possibly Ezra Cleveland to get a push up the middle for one yard. I don't trust them to do it. That's exactly what he's telling you. And they like Ezra Cleveland. They like Ezra Cleveland a lot. I would be surprised if he is not the starting left guard in Jacksonville for the foreseeable future. But what they're telling you is they're two guards in their center. We don't trust them to push one yard forward to get our franchise quarterback that one yard on third and one. It's not that they don't have it. It's not that they can't call it. It's not that Press and Doug don't want to call a quarterback sneak. It's... We don't trust our guys. The same thing when when they throw a blitz in certain situations and things like that. It it's they're telling you what they think about the players right there with that call in that moment. Going for too late in that game, that was I don't think we can win this game if yeah. we get it to overtime. That was Doug Peterson telling you we need to win this game in regulation or we're not going to win it. And that's that's absolutely true. That's they I mean he's not going to throw anybody out there. We can no. read between the lines and see that. Um, but yeah, I, it, it's not going well at this point for Jacksonville. And, and I think they're staring at a third loss in a row on Sunday against Lamar and the Ravens. I mean, if Joe Flacco cuts you up, 38 year old quarterback, best days obviously behind him. Um, if he diced you up, if Jake Browning making his second career start, you only allow him to throw five incompletions. He's 32 of 37, 354 yards on Monday night football. I mean, Jamar Chase, 11 catches, 11, 149. I mean, what do you think Lamar's going to do to this team on Sunday? I mean, unless Jacksonville can kind of rebottle some of that magic from last year, they're going to look at the three-game losing streak. I mean, at this point now, and I'm not – I said beginning of the year, I think Jacksonville is 10-7, and seven, and I, I changed that a little bit, but now I think they're a 10-7 and seven football team. I mean, you're 8-5 uh, you're and five right now. You're going to be 8-6 and six after Sunday. I think the, I mean, the, remember last week, good Lord, going into the Bengals game, we're talking about number one seed in the AFC. Now you're just hoping to stay ahead of the, the Colts and the Texans at this point. And, you know, fortunately, the Colts and Texans both got routed on Sunday. But, man, can that, can this come down to week 18 again against the Titans again for the second straight year to, to get in the playoffs? Unreal. The sky has fallen just a little bit, but here's your. Take a deep breath. It's a the team is still eight and five. Right. Like, look, this, they're not five and eight. They're eight and five. Yes, they've lost back to back games and possibly a third one. To your point, but let's take a step back here. You still got Trevor Lawrence. You still got Calvin Ridley. You still got Travis Etienne. 
the most of the injuries that are holding the team back just a little bit, they're temporary. They're expecting to get guys back over the next couple of weeks, possibly Jamal Agnew this week, maybe Cam Robinson in a week or two, maybe Foley Fatukasi back, maybe Brenton Strange back. There are reinforcements literally on the way. So it's not out of the question that this team could regain some of the, the spark that they had just a few weeks ago. It's not out of the question. It's not out of the realm of possibility. There's still four weeks left in the NFL season. Here's the one thing that if I was, if this is just me from the outside looking in, if you were going to look at this and say, what is the good thing that comes from this two, possibly three game losing streak? It's better to get exposed now. Yeah. Get exposed now. And point out what the weaknesses are. I know players and coaches always say, oh, we can learn from winning tape. No, 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 no. You learn when you fall on your face and mm-hmm. you have to. I think at every level you at, do. At every, every level. level. When you win, you're like, ah, yeah, we do need to fix that. Yeah, but you guys, we won the game. And then you lose, you're like, oh, man. All of a sudden, it's a whole different incentive because you just got your butt kicked and now you have no choice but to adjust and be better. So you get exposed now rather than getting exposed in the playoffs. So all they have to do is take that butt kicking that they got, look in the mirror and fix the problems. Yeah, they can. They they can do it and they fixed it last year in the second half of the season. Um they needed to play perfect down the stretch. I mean, you look at this season and we're comparing to last year. I mean, team last year was a disjointed, so many problems. Hasn't been like that this year. But you have to make those adjustments, and Jacksonville did that in the second half of the season last year. They had some extreme corrections to make. They did those. So I don't think this is as bad as last year. Again, Doug Peterson has mentioned communication issues, correctable mistakes the last two losses. They just got to get those fixed. And I do mm-hmm. think a lot of that hinges on health. They Publicly, they will not say that. But you've got to get some of these guys back and healthy. That's it. And you've got to get some of these. I mean, Blake Hans, you can't have him starting at left tackle. Um, you just can't. I mean, you got to get Walker Little back in there. you got to get Cam Go get Robinson. somebody off the street. you got to do something to, to get some of these injuries shored up. Look, they, they have work to do, and I don't think that's a surprise to anybody. Even if, you were, even if they'd won against the Browns or won against the, the Bengals, there still was work to do. I think that the losses will expose that work a little bit more. There have been miscommunications on that secondary all year long, even while there were starters out there, that have allowed big plays. Those are things that get you beat in the playoffs. These are mistakes that have been happening all season long, but because they were able to just gritty not pretty it, they were able to get those, gut out those wins, everybody looked past it. Everybody looked past it. The players looked past it. They didn't take it seriously. Uh, you know, you've heard, uh, I've heard guys in the locker room saying, look, man, he, these guys are making these same mistakes every week. They see it. And because you were winning games, some guys didn't feel yep. like they had to change what they were doing. And now that you're getting exposed. Mm-hmm. That's true. That is true. Winning conceals a lot of stuff. That's it. Winning conceals and masks issues. And had Jacksonville been able to come back against Cincinnati, or the Browns on Sunday, I think it would have been mad. You know, in that in that victory, there were a lot of things masked by a, a win. But since it's not a win, since they fell short, thirty-one twenty-seven, we're talking about these issues that again are have been happening throughout the year. Even when there were some starters in those positions, um, you 
can't mask that in a loss. And, and how it happened on Sunday against the Browns, how it happened on Monday night against the Bengals, two very similar performances. And I think injuries are a big thing. I think maybe a little bit of confidence loss in the offensive line for Trevor and, and Travis and those guys. Got to get some guys healthy again. Got to get some of those guys playing again for this stretch run. You got four games left. How do you finish those four games? You can't finish eight and nine, and uh, kind of inverse from last year. You got to finish strong. I still think they win the AFC South, but again, there's very little margin for error. Fortunately, again, the Texans and Colts both lost Sunday too. They can fix this. I think they match up really well against the Ravens. I've been saying it for weeks now. Uh, spoiler alert: I'm not picking them to beat the Ravens, oh. but I do. But I do think they can match up well against the Ravens. I would love for them to prove me wrong. But after these last two weeks, there's no way I could, I yeah, can, I in good conscience, pick them to win the game. I'm with you. I, I've <laughs> been on the Jaguars train all, uh, pretty much all season, but I think the, the Ravens game is ripe for a, a not a blowout, but a beating. Yeah, so look, I, it, it is what it is, and uh, it, it, the sky is falling just a little bit, but there's always maybe some sunshine on the other side of that. Like I said, it's better to get exposed now than get exposed in January. So if they can fix the issues – there's no elite team in the AFC. Keep in mind, the Chiefs have lost, has lost their last two. The Eagles have lost their last two. The San Francisco 49ers lost three games in the middle of the season. So teams hit these rough patches. It's a long year. So four games left in the season. Jaguars are still in the driver's seat of the AFC South. A lot to be excited about. And we'll keep you up to date with everything right here on the News for Jags podcast. Thanks for hanging out with us. And we'll see you next time.